Next on MLR Weekly, superstar Nia Tapper, NOLA Gold owner Tim Falcon, and Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Welcome to MLR Weekly, as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for joining us again. It's much appreciated. We have an eclectically fabulous show for you this week. We have USA Rugby and women's superstar, Naya Tapper. Why do we have Naya Tapper on an MLR Weekly show, you ask? Well, you're just going to have to stay tuned in to find out. We also have great American Tim Falcon, owner of the NOLA Gold. He's not just an owner, he's a player. But before we do anything, we have our MLR Weekly recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John? NOLA Gold, big international signing. They signed former Hurricane Scrum app Luke Campbell. A lot of young Scrum app talent down there in New Orleans. And little known fact, his nickname is Jambalaya. So good get by GM Ryan Fitzgerald. Next! Old Glory DC, they re-signed MLR leading tackler last season, Corey Daniel. Did you know he was a Division I wrestler in college? I did indeed. I also know that he is still wrestling with the fact that he doesn't have a last name. Next! Staying with Old Glory DC, they signed prop Jack Iscaro. He's a local talent, played high school rugby at Gonzaga High School. Also, a Cal Bear. Jack Clark loves him. So do all the GMs in the league. Next! How about the return of USA Eagle fullback fly half Mike Dubulis? You may recall he had season-ending injury in Week 10 against Toronto last season. So good news that he's back with Old Glory DC. My fellow Jersey boy, the Chicken Hawk, returning to his DC roost. Ironically, you can hear him say his name in our interview with Toronto's Bill Webb. Next! How about the Toronto Arrows? They sent salary cap considerations in 2023 to the Seattle Seawolves in exchange for forward Travis Larson. You may recall that Travis Larson is the older brother of New England Free Jacks captain, Josh Larson. This trade may make fans of the Arrows, wait for it, quiver. Next! How about a big trade alert? The Rugby New York sent salary cap considerations in 2023 to the Seattle Seawolves in exchange for forward Brad Tucker. Brad joins his brother, Will, in New York. If Will and Brad's mom comes over, who will Tucker in? Next! So my question to you, Matt, is who are the Seattle Seawolves going to sign with all this salary cap room? It will not be Adam Gilchrist and Matt Gitto. Next! The Utah Warriors re-signed Lock Saya Uhila. You may know that he was the 12th player in MLR history to record 50 caps. And he didn't play on the wing, ladies and gentlemen. And that, ladies and germs, was Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. We'll be right back. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trade, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. 
Hey, we are back, and I have the honor and the pleasure of welcoming in superstar, USA star, Naya Tapper. Naya, welcome back to the program. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Super excited to chat with you. All right, so Naya, were you happy with the fourth place finish at the Sevens World Cup? I was happy with it. Um, I think getting top four is not a bad place to be, especially with all the changes that we went through in our training environment. Did we go there with the goal to get fourth? No, of course we went there with the goal to get first. And of course I individually went there with the goal to get first, but that didn't didn't end up being the case. So again, not mad about it, but obviously there's some room for improvement so that we can get that gold medal. There's been some change going on while you're still the one, one of the constants there. So just going into this season, we came in with a new coach, Emily Bidewell, who was heavily involved in the program in a different position. But now as the head coach, that's a um, change that we ha- have been dealing with, um, which has been probably the smoothest change out of all of them. She's been fantastic. Um, in terms of the training environment, just dealing with different injuries and having to have players step up into different positions or having to have players step up into their position to where they're now in starting positions and mentally being ready for that on the big stage um, and also physically being ready for that, being required to play more minutes. Um, also just having players that are getting older and um, asking more of them because it was necessary with any changes that we had with the roster and just kind of figuring out what we want to portray when we play as the USA rugby team. Other than the change within the sevens team, the squad, you've got some of your colleagues that you've played with sevens and fifteens now going Mm -hmm. overseas and playing in England. Yeah. And you know, professional rugby on a, on a foreign shores. Does that tempt you? Because it's 15s with where I'm at right now in my career, it does not tempt me. I'm kind of solely focused on sevens and that's where I've been getting most of my enjoyment. So no, it doesn't. <laughs> but if they ever needed me, I wouldn't hesitate to go out there and help them if that's what they needed. And all right. So let me, let me continue with this because you know, you have people that will argue both sides of any any conversation in this country on any topic, right? And one of them is mm-hmm. whether or not the women going over and playing professionally over in England damages or strengthens the WPL. I think that would come down to what the motive or what the purpose of the WPL is or, or what what they're fighting for because – with rugby in the U.S., I think the main goal for any, any organization that is trying to operate around rugby is to make sure that the players are getting the exposure that they need worldwide and also like the training exposure. And we're not going to get better if we limit ourselves to our borders. So I think that it's super beneficial that players are able to go and play out of the country, make money to do so, gain more experience as a rugby player, and then are able to bring all of that stuff back to the U.S. and make us a better team. So I'm all for um, players being able to get as much exposure and opportunities as they can, even if they aren't in the U.S. borders. Naya, the name of this show is MLR Weekly, and people are probably wondering, why Why do you have her on MLR Weekly? I'm like, well, first of all, <laughs> she's one of the biggest stars in the country. And secondly, I wanted yeah. to see if there was, in your in your head, 
any possibility that there'd be a female version of Major League Rugby anytime soon on American soil because they're doing it in England. I would sure hope so. I don't know what um, hand I can play in making that happen. If anybody does, please share it with me because I'd love to help in assisting that. But we would love for that to be an opportunity in the U.S. available for the female side because I know they have it for the male side. Um, we have PR7s, which is a new opportunity presented to us to be able to get play, paid to make money. But having more additional resources, more additional places to be able to go to and say, hey, I want to play and get paid for my hard work. Why not? Like, absolutely. So if that were to come to fruition, say hypothetically in the next two seasons or two years, would Nia Tapper be willing to play on one of those teams? I would definitely be interested. Um whenever there's an opportunity to become more financially stable and to play the sport you love, whether it's the sevens or the 15 side, I'm always open to that. Let's go back to premier sevens. What's your, what's your future with that look like? I'm a huge fan of everything that they had um, going on at PR sevens in the past two seasons that they've had so far, I think have been very beneficial to the rugby community and to the players specifically. I participated in it last season and unfortunately wasn't able to participate in it this season, even though I was planning to. But for the following seasons, I plan on participating. I want to participate. I really love what they're doing and I want to be a part of that. All right. So what's next for Nia Tapper? So I'm getting ready for the 2022-23 sevens rugby season, which I'm super excited about. Another year in the books. Um, also getting ready for, I want to say Pan Ams is coming up in 2023. So that would be something that I would be working towards off the field. I just started a scholarship in San Diego with a youth rugby team. So I'm hoping to get that um, rolling and just continue working on my brand, continue spreading the word about rugby and trying to grow it in the U.S. And we can't not talk about your brand without showing mm. your shirt. That is a great shirt. Thank you for gracing our program. Always great to see you. Thank you, Matt. Looking forward to chatting with you about the female MLR in the U.S. I, I can't wait. I'll, I'll line up to, <laughs> to work with that any day of the week. Naya Tapper, thanks. We'll be right back. been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. Premier brands to players and coaches, our quality and heritage make for a winning presentation. Your orders are guaranteed same-day shipping. Drop by our online store and follow us for exclusive content. RugbyNow.com And we are back with Mr. Tim Falcon, owner of the New Orleans Gold, the NOLA Gold, more affectionately or more uh, uh, popularly known to you folks out there. But Tim, welcome to MLR Weekly. Thanks, Matt. Glad to be, here, be on board. 
So, Tim, you're not just an owner. You're a player, too. We were talking <laughs> off camera a little bit. You're still lacing up the boots, and you're not hiding on the wing. You're playing in the front row. You know, um, Fitz, Ryan Fitzgerald, I keep threatening. I say, look, somebody goes down, I'm ready. Put me back in there, man. All right, so my point is that you are fully engaged in rugby. You've been doing this for over 40 years, your rugby career. You have three boys that played, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, you, you coached, you've, you've played, you've done it all. You, you've even been labeled, what's this, the, the um, Honorable Chairman of the Distinguished Field Committee. Committee. So, yes. What's and the that acronym? HC, We'll work on the acronym, but yeah, what is that exactly? But you know what that was is, you know, so I was out there cutting grass and putting down lines. And I'm like, well, I've got to find ways to encourage other people to do this. So let me, um, let me put this moniker on and let's, let's I can distinguish this thing. And guys would join, you know, and they get a jacket at the end of the, the season. And it was, it, it worked for a while until they figured out I'm, I'm trying to be like, you know, Tom Sawyer out there or something. You know, but, <laughs> no. let's, let's talk about the MLR. Nola Gold, what is your philosophy? What is the Tim Falcon idea or stamp on this organization going forward so you know kind of going back to that background where i've, I've been involved with every aspect of rugby playing coaching captain helping the high school team cutting the grass the jerseys getting the kids playing you know we and that was kind of the core of the group that got together the founders we call them you know all of us had that similar type of you know 30 40 year taproot in the rugby and so i you know i'm just really trying to take the, the that magic and beauty of our game, you know, and all the social aspect of it and, and professionalize it and, and bring that to the world and make it really entertaining for, for everybody else to, to come and join what we're doing. And how about what your philosophy is in terms of USA rugby? Some people are make the argument that, well, this is a professional sport. It's a product that we have to put on the pitch and the market will dictate, whereas some others might have the philosophy is, hey, we want to develop players for the U.S. game. What, what's, what's your philosophy? No, I, I think we're we're all on on a mission together. I think you know, certainly sorting out the roles going forward, and, and and as MLR becomes you know much more viable, you know how does how do we interact with USA Rugby, and and which part of the development of the game goes in which you know which organization, but certainly you know, and and we had a meeting in, in Los Angeles, World Rugby, USA Rugby, and MLR, and we came out of it saying you know we have to be joined at the hip to to grow this game, to grow the fan base. I certainly get the, the Eagles to a level of competition that's, you know, quarterfinal, semifinal level or better. Um, so, and we know we have to work together. And I think that's what we're doing now is, is just sitting down in meetings and talking about, you know, what role each one plays, you know, where does the investments go and, and where's going to be the best return on, on the money that's invested. So I, I'm very much, you know, uh, been a, a member, dues paying member of USA rugby for 40 something years and continue to support it. And, good relationship with Ross Young and everybody over there. So uh, we're, we're pretty excited about working with them and, and where we're going to go with this thing. How about being on the board of directors? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, why, why not? You're the perfect credential guy. It would, it would be an honor to serve on the board of directors. And, and you know, now I'm just, I'm just coming off being fired as the CEO of NOLA Gold because we were lucky enough to get a really bright young fella that came over and, took over that job. So I, I, I just, time-wise, I just don't have the, the time right now. As, as this thing sorts out a little bit, and, and maybe, you know, that could be a role that, that would come around. 
So you're telling certainly, me there's certainly. a chance. Certainly. I, if, if there's a place I can serve and help move rugby, you know, I'll, I'll consider it when I have the time. So. All right. So we have to, we have to figure out how to get you some more time because it's, it's a lot of it's been groundhog day over and over again for a lot of people, but you know, those of us that are have a, have a little bit more familiarity with things can see the differences. Like I saw an article today uh, that went out about Groundhog Day for the last 30 years, basically, in USA Rugby. I don't tend to agree with that because we're having this conversation about a professional league. We have kids playing rugby now like that never before. You're a guy that's got generations of people in your own family playing rugby. We yep. didn't have that. You know, it's like we definitely yep. in my lifetime, it's changed dramatically. So. I yeah. say this to those folks. All right, let's talk about, let me ask you the difficult questions, counselor. I'm going to put you on, on the stand. Um, L.A. and Austin, what can you tell us? We are, we are still in negotiations to try to figure uh, out the next steps. Um, but beyond that, Matt, um, I'm sorry, there's not much I can share with you today. You have no, no, no further comment at this time? Correct. I have asked a bunch of your fellow owners this one question. If you were a gambling man, would you say there were 13, 14, or 12 teams next year? And that's not a yes or no answer, by the way. I, I, could, I could see where your <laughs> mind is going. Yes, Matt. Yeah. I, I, will, I will say this. That, that'll, that'll, we need to come to a conclusion fairly soon. So, you know, within within 30 days, it should be a definitive answer. I think everybody knows that. We've got to get our schedule set, and we've got to get the teams that are going to play going to be playing. Good. you got camps so, opening up, right? You know. Yeah. So so there's there's all that. And and so, you know, th- it won't be long. There'll be a definitive answer, and, and, and everybody will know who's going to be playing in 2023. All but right. there's some, some bright prospects for growing it through 23 and into 24. And, um, you know, the, the growth – the growth mechanism are going to be in place and we're going to, we're going to spread our, our, our teams around the country. I, I'll, I'm a, I'm a bet man and I'm betting on that. And I think it's a really good shot that we'll, we'll succeed on that. On that. Excellent. Excellent. You know, and, and the cliffhanger yeah. continues in the meantime on those two franchises or the number of franchises next year. Uh, how about the cap? What is your feeling on the cap? Should it go up significantly? Because we've had this kerfuffle and what's the answer? So the answer is, um, and, and my philosophy from the beginning is, but we have to be disciplined. We have to keep our discipline around the cap, man. We have we have to sustain this league. We have to make sure that the uh, you know keep it going. I, I think we're able to get the talent we need. I think it's really great talent we're we having coming over. Um, I think I think the product is is a good product. Um, you know, I think the parity is good. That's what the cap really helps us do. The cap also, I think, helps us to develop young American players of their you know station in life and their their willingness to come and play and and develop so you know certainly as an owner and on benefit of the players we want as high as the salary cap we can get and once you know the profits start flowing and this thing gets to that point i, I think we want to pay them as much money as we can and just like all other sports but personally we need to keep our discipline around the salary cap and, and sustain this thing so that mlr will be here uh, for a long long time speaking a long long time 2031 seems like it's a far away date, but it's not. Right? It's, it's going to come on us real fast. Rugby World Cup. What are your feelings on the World Cup? So very, very exciting. Um, and again, kind of what a comment I made earlier, we, we've met several times with, with World Rugby, USA Rugby, and MLR uh, owners. And, um, you know, we all have decided, you know, 
understand that we have to work this together. We got to make sure the investment that comes in over the next eight years is, is you know, start, you got to spread the game. We, you know, we can't, in order to have the big crowds and to have this financial success, World Rugby knows that, that the United States has to be a, a rugby nation. And uh, we'll do that by growing the, 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 the youth rugby, getting bigger, nicer stadiums. You know, I think part of the exciting thing is bringing in a lot more high-level rugby over the years. You know, have a, have a France play England in the Superdome and, and just start bringing in those kind of events where we'll show, show the American audience what that level of rugby looks like. And, um, and, and, you know, and even with our situation, we got our stadiums being renovated. It's going to be, you know, rugby specific for, you know, 10,000 people. And we can do a lot of nice rugby events there. Um, so, you know, together we're going to work to make sure all the money that gets invested from the MLR owners, from World Rugby, from USA Rugby, outside investors will put us in a position where it'll be the, certainly the most financial successful World Cup ever. So that, that's the attitude, and that's the way, you know, we're, we're all on board for that. And the World Cup final will be in New Orleans. You know, Matt, I tell people, if I keep saying it enough, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> well, you know, hey, so, why not? Man, you guys got a great vibe going down there. You got a great stadium. I haven't been there yet, and I, I, I was trying to bully Ryan Fitzgerald into getting me down there to call a game one of these days. Uh, I would love to do that, but I'm hearing nothing but good things about the gold mine. It, it is, and it's getting better. The parish and the state are going to make a significant investment to convert it from baseball to rugby, soccer specific. And we're very excited about that. And, you know, people know that all sport, you know, major sporting events between, you know, NCAA Final Fours or the Super Bowl and whatever's hosted in New Orleans, they, they, they're off the charts somewhere they can host these type of events. And we're actually working with a group out of England called Beyond Sport. It's about sustainability around sport. And so a lot of our, our, thesis going forward is going to be how do we use this investment how do we use the world cup final in new orleans to to change lives and, and make that part of the impact and the like le legacy of what we're going to do so we, you know the greater Orleans sports foundation is in the bid process you know our tourism people it's on you know our lieutenant governor knows we're, we're going after it so new orleans is very serious you know we, we certainly are we think the best city to host a rugby cup you know final um, so we'll, we'll see where it plays out and I'll keep saying it until, until I'm denied. <laughs> you know, it's a great destination city too. That's a key component to that. And people will, you know, people will go, Oh, I can go to New Orleans. It's not a, it's not a bad sale. What does Tim Falcon 2022 say to Tim Falcon when they're just going into the league? Tim Falcon says, okay, we're still going to do this, but we're going to have our eyes a little more wide open. Maybe <laughs> it's certainly, certainly lessons you learn. You, you, you always can do things a little bit different or better, but yeah, Tim Falcon says, still, still do it. Uh, you know, put the effort into it. It's going to be worth it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think you were, you were asking, you may have been asking, he would have said, don't do it. You fool. Don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably, this is probably a better question over a couple of pints without a microphone, but maybe we'll, we'll do that at some point. No, I just, just, just you know, it, it, it there was a little bit of not really knowing what this thing was going to take or it's going to go because nobody had done it successfully before in the States. Um, so I, I think, again, going back to the founders, you know, they just, they just had the, the, the courage to step up and say, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to try to make this happen. And we've, you know, the ones that are still here have doggedly kept after this. They've, they've invested a lot of time, a lot of money, and they, they're passionate about it. And, you know, we, we, we need the world of rugby, USA rugby, 
to, to support us, the rugby fans out there, is get behind this. It's still it, it's a great venture, and it's going to get better. Well, I've got you on rugby's uh, American rugby's Mount Rushmore. I want to know who the other three are with you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worthy to pick them out, man. I'll leave that up to you. Fair enough. Fair enough. And last question: uh, preference, tight head or, or loose head? So you know, back when I played it, it, it I don't honestly I don't get it. I, why does it make a difference? If you're yeah. playing tight head or loose head? What, what's the difference? Just, just a real quick funny story going back to the first time I came. My first practice at New Orleans, a Coast Guard uh, helicopter pilot captain showed up and walked up to me and said, I play loose head. I said, all right, man, I'll play tight head. It's good. We're good. And, we, and we're still best friends. And it's Captain John Long. He's, uh, he's, he's been a prop and now uncle to my kids. And so that's, that's the story I tell about that. That's, I, I'll, I'll go either way. It's okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. My, my, one of my best friends on the planet is Brian Sheehy, a.k.a. Diesel. He's a, he's a prop. He was a loose head, uh, and he almost dislocated my spine at training. on the first, I, We were doing restarts. I was an undersized flanker receiving. He smashes into me. Um, as he's getting up, I said, you okay? He's like, am I okay? Am I okay? As he's running away, am I okay? <laughs> and as he says, as he's running away, he realized that I was just messing with him. We're best friends. I'm his, I'm his godfather to his daughter. You know, yeah. that's rugby. You know, if I'd insisted I was a loose head, we might have you know, been enemies and not been friends like that. <laughs> exactly. I was flexible. Still am. Exactly. Final thoughts, Tim. Final thoughts. Uh, you know, we're, we're excited. There's been bumps in the road, you know, and, and, uh, Obviously, the, the L.A. And, and Austin is, is work we had to work through. But I would say that our, our organization is strong. Our ownership is strong. And, and we have the, the wherewithal to get through this. And, and we're going to we'll weather that, that little storm. But we're going to be stronger and, and better going forward. All right. On that note, sir, we are out of time. I want to thank Mr. Tim Falcon of the NOLA Gold. I want to thank Nia Tapper of USA Rugby and Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And please, please, please join our American Red Cross blood donor team.